Hey, welcome back to Southern Fried Christianity. I'm Roger Colby. And I'm Richard Coots. Hey, Richard, today I think we're going to keep it really, really light. Today we're going to talk about funny, funny traditions within the Southern Baptist Church that we think are just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, church is a great place, and if you're not involved in the church and you're, in, and you're a Christian, you call yourself a Christian, that means that you have given your life to Christ, you've You've, you've accepted the shed blood of Christ on your life and believe that he has, uh, through that sacrifice has, and resurrection, has absolved you of sin, um, then you need to be involved in a church. Yeah, TVN does not, watching TVN does <laughs> not count as church. No, you can't. Uh, and even though you know, I'm a really big fan of Matt Chandler, um, uh, listening to Matt Chandler on a Sunday afternoon is not really church. I mean, it's a good sermon. He's a great preacher, really. I believe he really has, you know, he really is following following through with what we believe as a pastor, which is somebody who really preaches the Bible without reservation, without apology. It's just like, here it is. This is what God has told me through Scripture, and this is something that's going to help you uh, be more like Jesus. So, um, I really like, I really like, uh, Matt Chandler, he's pretty great. Anyway, enough about Matt Chandler. Today we're going to talk about... Didn't we do a thing about pastor worship? We did, but you know what? I'm not worshiping him. I'm just saying he does a good I job. I know. It's okay, I'm, to, I'm it's okay to say your, your pastor does a good job. You know, I mean, you should you should encourage your pastor once in a while, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and do things for them. They really work hard. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so first of all... Let's talk about one thing within Southern Baptist churches, and that is potluck dinners. Mm, potluck dinners. <laughs> you, you can't go to a Southern Baptist church and have a meeting without having some kind of food involved. And usually it's fried. Usually it's like really It's high fried food. or it's either fried or in casserole form. <laughs> Casseroles. Definitely. I think uh, I'm, I'm with Mark Bowl as a comedian named Martin Mull. Okay. And he has this uh, book he wrote about white people. Mm-hmm. And one of the, th- it's called White People Culture. And it's a comedy book. It's like a satire. Basically, he said that uh, white people, their their main claim to fame as far as like food and like uh, food creations is, is the casserole. Right. I've, I've noticed, you know, <laughs> just looking up recipes online and stuff or yeah. things to make, I've discovered that if it's a dish, people uh-huh. will try and make it into a casserole. Yeah, yeah, they will. They will try to make that into a casserole because casserole is like a meal in itself. Yeah. It's got all your vegetables and meat and everything. Well, I mean, anything, though. Like, I mean, they make dessert and breakfast. And, sure. And, but anything, it's like take a standard <laughs> dish and make it into a casserole. People will try to make any kind of dish into a casserole. <laughs> hey, how about like, um, okay, Richard, I, for one... The only there are some there are some things you need to watch for when you go to a potluck dinner. All right, one of the things is salmonella, salmonella, or E. coli, because sometimes some people's houses, God bless them, are not as clean as 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 somebody else's house. All right, and maybe they're putting in the casserole that you know can of uh, beans or whatever that's slightly bulging. Mm-hmm. You know, and and, and uh, they think, oh, this is it's probably fine, and they put it in there. Well, and then there's and those then you people, get botulism. Then there's those people that just don't wash their hands when they cook. True. They cook. <laughs> those never people, know. 
irk me that I see go into the bathroom and go to the bathroom and just walk out. I I uh, I I always go in the bathroom when I leave the bathroom. If there's a handle on there, I uh-huh. get a paper towel. Yeah. And I use the paper towel to open the door and just yeah. toss it in the trash real quick because yeah. honestly, it takes you like ten seconds to wash your hands. It's just gross. Why would you do that to people? So uh, when you go to a potluck dinner at a, at a Southern Baptist church or a Southern Christian church, you know, be sure and be and be forewarned because there are no food standards. There's no food handlers licenses being handed out. Nobody has one. Well, maybe some of them do, but yeah, for their is, job. Yeah, there is a story a few weeks ago of a church potluck, and a bunch of people got E. coli, and like two died. <laughs> Well, let's let's just hope that their uh, their 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 salvation was assured before mm-hmm. they did that. Um, before that happened, that's really terrible, dude. We shouldn't laugh. About I know, that. but but it's it. We we're just proving a point here. I mean, you've got to be careful when you go to a potluck dinner at a church, man. Because sometimes, and I've even talked to people who don't go to them for that specific reason because they were they got sick at one. But you know, you can't. You know what? You can't deny old Grandma Sheffield's uh, apple pie she's going to bring, which everybody knows is the best apple pie there mm-hmm. is, you know, or whatever. I mean, it, and you know what's great about these potluck? It, uh, we've talked about the negative part of the potluck, okay, but the positive part of the potluck is it's just really fulfilling one of the three main things of church, okay? First thing is um, worship, okay? Second thing is instruction. And the third thing is fellowship. And that means hanging out with each other and talking and laughing and goofing off. Now, our church does a lot of fellowship stuff. It really does. If you want to get involved in fellowship at our church, which means just hanging out at people's houses and having fun, mm-hmm. you know, and really getting to know one another in Christ. And, and it's more than just like Bible study or whatever, which is important. You need to have good doctrinal Bible study in your church. But when you go out and you have some fellowship, man, that's the best time and one of the best things in the world. And and you get a lot of encouragement from it. And, uh, you know, there are rules to a potluck, though, that you're not supposed to break. See, it's just a given rule that when you come, when you bring food to a potluck, it's homemade. Yeah. I mean, you can bring, like, pre-packaged cakes and things, stuff from Walmart sure. and stuff, but the food is supposed to pre- be pre-made. And yeah. one of the guys in our church, a friend of ours, his mom, one, I, I just remember this one time, we had like a, it was like a Christmas potluck. Yeah. And she just bought a bucket of KFC. For Christmas? And, yeah, for the potluck. And it was just, it was just kind of, it was just kind of funny because it was, it was just so out of place. <laughs> like, she just like, I ain't going to cook, I'll just buy, bring some KFC. I'll just bring a bucket of KFC and I'll be done. I, I suddenly thought of the, uh. The scene at the end of the Christmas story where they're going to the Chinese restaurant and having Peking duck. Oh, yeah. It's like, dude, Christmas is for turkey or ham or something like that, you know, and lots of Christmas-style uh, sides. And what are, you know, of course, mm-hmm. mashed potatoes are always yeah. there. Always. There's going to be like four or five bowls of mashed potatoes. What's weird is there's not like a – sometimes they have sign-up lists. But most of the time, there's no sign-up list. So you got 15 people bringing bowls of mashed potatoes, you know. And then you've got, like, one little side of green beans or something, you know, yeah. or, or whatever. So the green beans disappear fast, or 
you know, oh my gosh, the uh, fried okra. That's yeah. a thing. Oh, yeah. Um, that goes away quick. I've always noticed there's just been an abundance of green beans. Cause I guess they're just easy to cook. You they just, are. You just put butter on them and stick them in the oven and you're done. A little bit of garlic and you're good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, potluck dinners. Another thing uh, that's kind of funny that happens in Christian, like Southern Christian churches, is the greeting time. Mm-hmm. The greeting time. Greeting time is really great in church. It can be great. It can be also really terrifying for people who have like uh, OCD issues or something. You know, I mean, um, I know that I know a guy who during the greeting time would get up and purposefully like go to the bathroom during that time because he didn't want to touch anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it, it, what, what's great about that time is you really get to go around and meet people. What's terrible is that usually there's not enough time to really do anything. It's just go around and shake somebody's hand and say, hey, how you going? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love people at church, but right after church, I go to my car and use some hand sanitizer. <laughs> or I go to the bathroom. Sometimes I hold, I, I hold it during the sermon, and then as soon as invitation comes, time comes, it's like, well, I'm already said, but I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> I could talk to Pastor during his office hours. I don't need to go down front. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, there's a, something that's happening. I've noticed this happening in some, like, Southern Christian churches that they're no longer doing invitations. At yeah, all. we're doing them less and less. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more about people feel kind of pressured into doing it. And mm-hmm. it is very, like, well, okay, we're going to play this music and <laughs> kind of this slow music. It's like, and the pastor stands up there, and he's like, anybody? And he might as well say, going once, going twice. He's got to feel like that. I know. That that salesman at that second-rate car dealer yeah. standing out there waiting on customers. I mean, but you know what? He shouldn't feel that way. I know. And I know that he does. I know. But he shouldn't feel that way. But it's also kind of like there's... It, because of like the atmosphere that they kind of create, it's almost like people feel kind of pressured to do it almost. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, and so you kind of have to wonder if maybe, so that's the whole problem. Maybe people, well, maybe it's the emotion. Okay, yeah. youth camp, mm-hmm. youth camp. Oh, yeah. There is a... And we're going to talk about youth camp. Okay, yeah. but yeah. okay, we'll, we'll get to youth camp, but I just want to say there's a whole... There's a whole thing. There's a whole thing that. at youth camp that mm-hmm. just creates a stir of emo- they they create a very emotional atmosphere and I have a personal story. So do I. I have a personal story to relate about youth camp and it involves my uh, part of my conversion experience. Um, okay, so we've talked about potluck. We've talked about uh, greeting time. We've talked about invitations. Um, I will say that there's one, one little thing I want to say is about. Uh, we, and we talked about pastor worship one time, but I don't think there's anything wrong with going up to your pastor and telling them they did a good job. You know, um, they need to hear that. They need the pat on the back. They need to have somebody go, hey, man, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's all you need to say. You know, and, and I think that's enough for a pastor to really feel like, okay, you know, they need a little affirmation because, man, they're constantly being attacked by the devil. I mean, you know they are yeah. all the time, and he's trying to find ways. I mean, there, there's a reason we have pastor appreciation month. Yeah, but I think it needs to be 
you know, every other Sunday, mm-hmm. you should go up to your pastor and say, hey, thank you for that. I appreciate that sermon. Um, so, okay. So let's talk about church camp. Church camp. Okay. Now, my pers- I had a personal experience at church camp, and I won't say which church camp this is, okay? Because it was kind of a negative experience. It was kind of bad for me, but it ended up positive because I it, it sparked something in me that made me really um, start to see that, you know, maybe this Christian thing was a real thing. Because if you don't know my testimony, I'm a, basically a former atheist. I grew up in church, and I, mean, I went to church since I was a baby. But uh, at one point in my life, I was an atheist. I mean, I really didn't feel that there was really a God, and I thought that, you know, all this stuff and Christian stuff was just a big story and not really real. And so um, I was invited during this time in my life, I was invited to church camp, and there was a guy there. um, And I won't say his name because if I do, somebody's going to know what camp it was. So this guy uh, was, let's just say he was very dynamic, very dynamic speaker, um, and very real to me. Because most of the Christians I've been been around, you know, I knew, and, and especially in my youth group that I was in, um, I knew who they were at school, and I knew who they were at church, and they were like two different people, you know. And so they were complete hypocrites for me. I mean, I saw the way they were at school, and I was like, man, you're not, that's not real. None of this is real. Um, but the, for the first time, this guy really showed me the reality of what it is to walk in faith. And uh, he was very good to me. He was very real to me. And at this church camp experience, he was leading big prayer meetings like down at the, well, let's just say the recreation area where everybody goes and gets food like mm-hmm. during the recreation time or the free time that you have at church. Which these things have way too much free time. If you ask me, but, um, and I know teens, you don't give teens five hours of free time in the woods. <laughs> we not, didn't get that. We got maybe one to three free hours, yeah. of hours of free time when I went to camp. Yeah, but, um, they're getting almost five now. Wow. So, um, anyway, so I, I go, you know, uh, we're going to these prayer meetings and he's holding these big prayer meetings. All these kids are praying for kids at camp and I'm just there, you know. And the leadership of the camp rolls up in their golf carts, you know, and they're like, you can't, you can't meet here. You can't do this. You, you, this is an unlawful meeting or something like that. They were really mad that we were having a prayer meeting at youth camp, at the church okay. camp. Yeah. Wow. And then they were um, threatening to kick us off campus and make us leave and not refund our money and all this stuff, and it got really bad there for a while because there was a particular guy, it was a different guy, who was at a, one of those little pavilions teaching teaching classes or whatever, and the guy was, uh, he was a converted Jew, and he was, he used to be a drug dealer or something like that, <laughs> and he was really dynamic. His, his, uh, his sermons were very dynamic and very powerful, and he was basically going off script and just preaching out of the Bible, you know, straight up. And it was really radical. There was a lot of really radical stuff going on on camp. And it was through that experience that I eventually um, gave my life to Christ. And I can go, maybe what we ought to do, one podcast, just talk about our testimonies. Because I haven't really done that on here. Um, I've given bits and pieces of my testimony. And and we could talk about testimonies and what that means. Maybe in one Mm -hmm. podcast we could do that some other time. 
But my experience at this church camp was that when real spirituality was happening, the, the leadership of the camp was like trying to put it out, trying to stifle it and keep it from happening, you know. Now, I don't know if that would happen nowadays. My kids go to camp, and uh, their camp experience is pretty good, but my kids don't come back going, my life changed or something, you know. And, and then there's like, gosh, a week after it's over, you've already forgotten about most of the stuff that's happened there. And I'm not, I'm not really sure if church camp is really all that's cracked up to be. I mean, it can be. It can be. But sometimes it just gets lost in the shuffle, I think. Well, I can talk about that. Okay. Uh, so we went to, uh, when I was in youth camp, I mean, we went, I went to youth camp for years, several different ones. We went to different ones over the years. Um, but one, uh, I don't want to say the name of it because I don't even know if it's still going on. But if it is, I'm, I'm not going to say the name of it. But we went to this one for several years, and okay, there's this whole deal at youth camp where they create, again, talking about going into a little bit about invitation time and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they create a very emotional atmosphere sure. at youth camp. Like, they do the slow music, and everybody's, like, crying, and all that. I'm serious. Like, all yeah. the, we're, yeah, I remember we're all yeah. crying, uh-huh. and stuff like that, and it's, sometimes it's kind of hard to to uh is this real revival or are we just are we really connecting the spirit or just with our own emotions mm-hmm. um and i had that experience like i i have gone there like uh i left just like i'm i'm rededicated to the lord and i'm gonna serve the lord and that lasts it's like an emotional high it lasts about mm-hmm. two weeks yeah went to school acted you know very christian like at school for about two weeks and I went back to my old ways yeah. like you know cursing and treating people like garbage and things like that I didn't yeah. act that way at church but I did at school right. even though I was a Christian and, I, and I've talked about I kind of had a bit of a crisis of faith later on because I realized that you know you know I'm not I'm, I'm treating people wrong and behaving wrong and doing these wrong things but anyways speaking of that this camp the last year we went was they were doing worship and people actually started a Congo line during worship, <laughs> and nobody was stopping them. Yeah. Nobody was like, this is wrong. And so our pastor, our, our head pastor, he was there with us at that, that year, yeah. and he pulled us all out of there. Yeah. And we sat outside for like the next hour or so that it was going on. Right. And that was the, I didn't hear anything uh, else about it except that was the last time all I know is that was the last year we went to that one um, <laughs> that camp which is fine with me because the year before the last uh, maybe before that man this was a long time ago I don't remember all the years exactly but I got I got uh, food poisoning there just like throwing up because they gave they had like a hamburger and it was like it was like half cooked on one side and and yeah. the other half was cooked, so yeah. it, it was like it was like all. It was is this a church almost, camp? Is yeah, this the church camp that had a uh, like a cafeteria? Is that what? Yeah, it was a cafeteria. Okay. Uh, well, camp cafeteria, mess yeah. hall type thing. Right. Uh it it was just like cheap food and stuff, really cheap stuff. But it was like not not even fully cooked on one side of that burger, and I got sick and stuff. The rest of that week, I didn't eat anything except for the breakfast food and, and potato <laughs> chips. And That's so, too bad because honestly, some of my best camp experiences was the food. 
Yeah, but, well, but it was because it was because that we had people, ladies from our church that like went as cooks and like cooked for us, mm-hmm. and that was the, those were the best. Oh, ones. we had people that just we would go to False Creek a few years and have people from church that would cook for us. And we had some good cooks, but I do remember going the last two years I was in youth. We went to uh, one at Brown University. I think it's in Missouri. Is it mm-hmm. okay? It was Mark Matlock's camp. Planet Wisdom Camp. It wasn't called Planet Wisdom. It was called something else. But it was his camp. And we went there. And that was like the best camp experience ever for me. Because we had an arcade room. And the food was good. Mm-hmm. The food was really good. You had the deep fried corn dogs and the ice cream. The soda <laughs> fountain. You had uh, you, They had a Starbucks in there. What? Yeah, there was a Starbucks. No way. Yes, there was a Starbucks in there. And... Uh, I think that the camp that my kids went to had a coffee house. Oh, okay. A coffee house. It's not Starbucks, but it's a coffee It may have been just a coffee they house. They were selling Starbucks coffee. It may have been. said proudly serving Starbucks but coffee. But there was a there was a whole area that had like a like a supply store and cool. a coffee shop. There was yeah. like some restaurants in there, but of course they weren't open because it was summer. But, uh, but man, that was like the best food I'd ever had at a mm-hmm. camp. It the corn dogs were like state fair corn dogs. They were good. Now, I don't know how much it cost to run these camps. I don't know. It was like two hundred and thirty bucks to go to that camp. But I mean, do camps need to be that expensive? I know. Really, really if you're good. trying to get your your friend to come with you, who is unchurched and unsaved, and you're trying to get them to come as like a, you can do that, and you can go and pay their way and all that stuff. But really, I think what it all boils down to is if if you're going to go to church camp. It's kind of one of those things where you can you can get closer to God there because you're not around cell phones and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but at the same time, I think your job should be when you get back from church campus to go talk to your unsafe friend. Mm-hmm. You know whether you invite them there or not. You need to be witnessing to people and talking to people about Christ. Um, okay, so church camp. I think that's church camp. Anything else you want to talk about as far as this funny stuff within churches? Churches, no. Uh, I had something else, but I can't think of what it was. Oh, yeah. Buffets. <laughs> buffets. So, buffets. We just all go to buffets, I guess. Our oh, pastor, yeah. I, going to Going to a restaurant after church. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, like our our pastor, he doesn't do it anymore, but he, he used to make a joke almost every week where he was like, don't worry, I'm going to get y'all out of here in time to beat the Methodists to the crowd. <laughs> oh, you know what? I can think of another one. It's praise worship versus hymn worship. Have yeah. you ever heard this debate? Uh, I know what you're speaking. I haven't heard that debate. I think I know what you're talking about. Basically, um, in other words, it's just silly. Honestly, it's just silly. Yeah, basically saying it's either the hymns or it's nothing. Is yeah, that right. basically yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no modern worship. No modern worship. You must uh, sing out of hymn books. Yeah, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, <laughs> if it's not a hymn, it's a uh, then it's not. Real worship music. I think it's funny. Last Wednesday night, our youth pastor said that um, David, David danced naked before God. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's in the Bible. I know. It actually, says he did. And so, I mean, I think if you're going to get crazy worship, that's some serious crazy worship. There, I'm not willing to strip nude. Yeah. Go dance in front of God. I don't think I could do Societal that. Societal norms have changed. <laughs> have changed quite a bit, but. Uh, Honestly, you know, then you have people that are against 
singing any kind of modern praise worship music. Oh, and I know, I know some. My aunt it. says this. She she calls them Seven Eleven songs. Right. Our, have you ever heard that? Term? Yes, I have. Our 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 old music minister who, who died a few years back he used to say that. Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven songs. That means you you say what is it? How does uh, it? Eleven words, seven verses, eleven words. Yeah, seven verses, eleven words. But that's not really true. No, no. But honestly, some of it is. It's um, some of it is. And some of the some of the praise and worship stuff that we sing too, um, we get our praise and worship from like other denominations and even other faiths. Oh, I know that. See, that's the kind of that that is a weird thing. See, there's this whole deal in. I think we discussed this a little bit. Christian music, Christian mm-hmm. praise music. They have uh, there's like some you. A lot of Christians don't know this though that they're doing it from other faiths. Okay, so there's this guy and he's really popular and we sing a lot of his music. His name is Matt Moore, mm-hmm. and he is Roman Catholic. Yeah, but he like performs with Protestant, uh, Protestant uh, uh, praise artists and things mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. and goes to these Protestant. Uh, conferences. Now, do you stuff. have any? Do you have any problem doctrinally with any of his lyrics? Well, there is this song I can't remember the name or the exact lyrics, but it's basically about consuming the Eucharist and it literally becomes the flesh of Christ within oh, you. Oh wow! And, okay. And, and and the communal wine becomes his literal blood and okay. things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, it, I wouldn't be able to sing that song. Yeah, but he like collaborates with like. David Crowder and Chris Tomlin and all that. They were yeah. like Protestant. Yeah, that's pretty and weird. They, so that's, it's you know, really weird. It, it, in a positive light, though, that's good that that's happened because, you know, we need to have that kind of thing happen so that those people can go, oh, well, this, well listen to them. So what they say, you know, maybe get a little bit of uh, sound doctrine in other people's music. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So. Um, but I remember reading a story about him teaching like a, a worship workshop at some Protestant church and people like after he left there everybody all almost all the people in the church found out he was Roman Catholic they're like what (laughs) (laughs) that's funny that's just funny okay all right well I think that's probably all we have yeah you know maybe maybe we'll do another one of these shows later on we think of more things that are funny within the within our our, uh, southern Christian church So until then, I am Roger Colby. I'm Richard Kitts. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Mm